being a woman is awesome. I think that girls are capable of so much. And I think that the narrative for women working has changed so much. And it is so cool. So get excited about it. Do what you want to do. Again, it goes back to no one's going to create the life for you. So pop in, buckle up, girlfriend, because you're on the ride of a lifetime. <laughs> and do what you want to do. Hello everyone, I'm Hunter Meredith and welcome to Produce Her Podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the talented woman behind the camera. We'll dive deep into each creator's process and hear about their challenges and successes to hopefully gain some advice and insight into the industry. We'll also discuss the larger issues women often face, including landing jobs and sexism. If you're an experienced video producer yourself or just a fan of great visual content, this is the podcast for you. Join us as we celebrate the incredible talent and contributions of women in the video production world. Welcome to the first episode of Producer Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Meredith, and today I am joined by the very talented Catherine Renee. Catherine, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you start by just like giving us a little rundown of who you are, what you do in the industry, all that. Yeah, so my name is Catherine. Hello, everybody. I kind of have a little bit of a peculiar background from your traditional creative, if you will. I grew up in a small town, grew up on a farm, was always a creative individual, but didn't necessarily have the resources or the environment to kind of thrive and survive and kind of hone in on those skills early on. So a lot of what I honed in on early on was just kind of giving the the basis of what I needed in order to kind of set myself up for, for success later in life, which then led me to end up at Purdue University for film and theater production major and then a dance minor and an acting certificate as well. Kind of went in with a broad idea within Purdue and kind of was just a sponge and tried to soak it all in, get my hands on whatever I could and all the experiences that I could starting right out of the gate freshman year. And then I kind of honed in from there, figured out what I didn't like. I found out pretty quickly on that live sports production was not my favorite same, thing. Same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you know, you know. So kind of took that approach to it and kind of just kept funneling in on different things and different experiences and figuring out what I did and didn't like. So from there, I was able to just kind of meet the right people, do the right things. I put the time and the investment within myself to make sure that I was putting myself in situations where I could grow, uncomfortable situations where I could learn, where I could meet new people, keeping up those relationships, you know, asking questions when questions needed to be asked, going to classes, all that kind of stuff. Investing in my own equipment early on also was a huge thing because then I was able to learn it quickly mm-hmm. early on and kind of have that at my fingertips and, and learn kind of just the mechanics of it and kind of become a pro at that. And so then I guess my, my story's kind of, it kind of takes off a little bit more from there. I know... I personally also grew up in that small town. You were kind of like weird for wanting to do stuff that wasn't traditional. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what it looked like for you friendship wise or just how it played out? Oh, yeah, it was hard. I'm big into mental health. I think that it's something that creatives struggle with a lot. Yeah, it's something that coming from a small town wasn't always talked about. I think I had massive anxiety in high school and had no idea at the time that that's what that was. You will hear a lot of people say that it's kind of a lonely road, and I 100% agree with that. I have wonderful family, wonderful friends who always have my back and who I've been able to lean on. But in terms of 
kind of work, you don't have coworkers that are just there that you can talk about every yeah. single specific situation and who are living your life out. You know, every creative kind of takes their own path. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of similarities. But at the end of the day, it's me, myself and I. You kind of have to be a trailblazer and you really have to stick to being disciplined into what you want to do and work really hard to get there. My mom always wants the best for me. So she did actually push me. She was the one who literally brought a printout of film and theater production at Purdue. And she's like, I think you'd like this. I ended up going to my first film class within that and loved it from the get go. So. So did you have any video, any background before going to Purdue or were you just, I'm going to try it? No, I had not made a single video. This is my dirty little secret. I had not made a single video, I think, before going to college. I'd had my hands on a camera because I had done some photography within 4-H, which if you're from the Midwest, you know what 4-H is. (laughs) So I had my hands on a camera and I knew how that worked. And I was big into art classes growing up. So I understood composition and color and kind of all of that came very naturally, which I think is why I enjoyed film so much because it translated so well. Do you think that the classes really prepared you or I'm like mixed in the middle. I'm like, yes, it taught me the basics, but at the same time, nothing's going to teach you more than like getting out and experiencing it. So what is your take on that? Well, Hunter, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) So I am definitely outnumbered in the children that went to college for film. I would say a good majority of the people that I work with surround myself have met, have not went to college for this. And I've had a lot of in-depth conversations with them about this. So I will be the first one to advocate that you do not need to go to college for this. Yeah. I will also be the one to advocate that if college is right for you, it's right for you. Yeah. For me, it was right because it was a safe spot for me to be able to go and to learn these skills and to kind of have a safety net of a good spot where I knew that I was safe and had resources at my fingertips. Like we had camera gear, we had professors Mm -hmm. to ask questions. I had friends who were also interested in film sitting beside me in classes. We were all working on projects together, that sort of stuff. Had I just gone out into the real world and tried it, I don't really know where I would have turned to begin with. If you're showing up to class and just doing the homework, it's probably not going to get you very far in this industry. Yeah. So you do need to be putting yourself out there and kind of sacrificing the time to get real world experience and kind of whether it's an internship, whether it's making something with your friends, whether it's making something in your dorm room, whether it's finding clubs. Was there a defining point in your college career, at least, or something that was like, oh, this is going to get me into the industry? So oddly enough, yes. And it doesn't really have to do too much with the film side of things. Oh, really? So, yeah, I had to take an acting class, just a basic intro to acting class. That's what all the film kids have to do Mm -hmm. with the idea that it'll help you be able to communicate the other side of the camera better and kind of understand both sides of the camera. And at the end of the semester, my TA for that class came up and she said, are you an acting major? And I said, no, I am not. (laughs) And she said, you should be and walked away. And I was like, (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So she set me up with a meeting with kind of the head of the acting program and he ended up becoming a mentor figure for me. He totally recrafted the way that I thought, the way that I approached life, the way that I worked through anything mental, the way that I approached my work, the way that I branded my work, the whole nine yards. He 100% changed everything that I did and the way that I did it. So speaking like right after college, I know you talked about networking with certain people. Mm -hmm. Was there a first step that you took besides just or any advice you can give for first steps? Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I had advice for myself at that age. There's a couple different things that I kind of think play into this. One is communication with the work that you've already done. Mm -hmm. So kind of keeping that communication barrier open. I'm not a person that likes to use people and I don't like when people use me. So, but I like friendships and I enjoy having people within my industry because we can talk about industry things and be entertained by it. Create those friendships. When you meet someone, make it a friendship if you care. I mean, 
if obviously you're not always going to click with everybody that you're working with. Another thing would be kind of just continuing to think about your purpose and where you want to be and think about kind of your dream life. And the big thing is taking those active steps to get there. At the end of the day, you are the only one that's going to create your life. Yeah. So you have to go out and create it. It's going to cause you to put yourself in uncomfortable positions. For me, it caused me to not have a lot of finances early on. <laughs> and still, even to this day, I'm not I'm not out here rolling in money. Um, it causes you to kind of take the lonely road sometimes. It affects relationships. Some other advice, don't be afraid to rest. Burnout is a very, very real thing for a lot of creatives. At the end of the day, is it going to matter in five years? Or can I take an extra hour this morning and be mindful of what I need? Is it a meal? Is it sleeping in an hour? Is it going to do a workout? Is it meeting up with a friend? Is it staring at my phone for an hour? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You give yourself the space to be able to do that. I've definitely gone on both ends of the spectrum there and kind of define that, that balance finally within that pendulum of chaos. Also, just like it's scary, but it doesn't have to be that scary. Yeah, it's always it's always going to be scary no matter what you do. You're not in your parents' house anymore. You're not in a safe elementary school anymore. You're not with your college roommate anymore. But at the end of the day, the world is yours. Find excitement within that idea. Yeah. If it excites scary you. Scary is good. Yes. And if it doesn't excite you at all, you're probably in the wrong area. So find something that does excite you. One other quick thing that we can talk about is the importance of keeping track of yourself and staying organized and keeping track of how far you've come. I have a mentor who always tells me to celebrate the little wins. And I think that's huge because I think as creatives, we're always just kind of on to the next thing and always in this, this chaotic. But find one spot, whether it is a physical notebook, whether it is one notes page on your phone, whether it is on a Google Drive, find one spot that you can keep a running list of your brain, your head, what you've done, who you know, mm -hmm. what, what you've worked with, lessons you've learned, things you want to accomplish, goals, intentions. It can be the smallest stuff or the biggest stuff. Keep it in one spot and keep it a little bit organized there. That will help you buy your time back later as well. Because when people then, when you're sitting down for an interview and you need to brush up on something, when people ask you what your favorite project is, when you're going on a podcast, yeah. when you're building out a different resume, that kind of stuff, you can refer back to that easily. When someone asks you, hey, do you have footage of an old cinematic Instagram reel that you've done? I can rack my brain and hopefully think of one. Yeah. But I mean, if it's there, if it's in the black and white, mm -hmm. I can look back on all the past projects I've done and be like, oh, yeah, I probably have something from this. Like, let me go to that file and pull it. It will just save you so much time. And then also you will be able to look back on it and realize how much you've grown. So now let's switch gears a little bit and just talk about the most recent project you've done uh, and then maybe a favorite or least favorite. One of the most recent projects that I've worked on actually was, again, on the opposite side of the camera. Just last week, I was with a marketing firm and we were shooting a billboard. And it was kind of a full circle moment for me because a lot of things that I stand for kind of deal with philanthropy. They deal with mental health. They deal with kind of investing your time into other people and just being a good human in general. And I found out on set that this billboard was for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, wow. For a fundraiser for that. That's amazing. So to kind of be able to be involved in something that was philanthropy driven literally stopped me in my tracks when she told me that day because I was like this is a sign that I am right where I need to be and I can use kind of my platform and I can use all the work that I've put in to the, up to this point to continue changing some lives and making an impact and getting where I where I want to go and having the voice that I've always known is in me yeah. but using it in a way that will actually 
get out into the world. How else have you found that or have you found that anywhere else besides just like make a wish thing or anything like that? I have. So this also answered a little bit of your question earlier about some favorite projects that I've done. The most impactful thing that I've ever done in my whole entire life was my internship with Seacrest Studios, which is Ryan Seacrest, the guy who hosts American Idol. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) That guy, I know. Do you know his children's philanthropy. It was through Children's National, which is in Washington, D.C. It's a children's hospital out there. And unfortunately, it was during COVID. It was supposed to be in person. Had to do it all online. But the fact that I was able to achieve some of these things online is just, again, one of those moments where I'm like, if I could do that, I can do anything. Yeah. So that was a radio and media broadcasting room internship. And we would create daily content. We would host radio shows. We would have our DJ names. We would go into chats with the kids. We would do celebrity interviews, all sorts of stuff. That's so fun. Yeah. And it would broadcast to over 300 patients daily to their TV within that respective children's hospital. One moment in particular that really brought it full circle. I was not really having a good day. I just didn't want to just was not. I was kind of down that day Mm -hmm. and hosting an hour long radio show that was supposed to be super upbeat was kind of the last thing that I wanted to be doing that day. And we logged on and it was for a little girl who had been in the hospital for quite some time. And the doctors were really struggling to get her to clear these last two tests. All she had to do was a movement test and kind of a couple other small little things and her mom was getting super upset because they'd been there forever and they called me 10 minutes before and they're like hey no pressure but we're gonna try to use your show to kind of get some of these tests cleared and I'm like oh great okay oh great okay that's a lot of pressure so kind of just I literally I had a notebook of kind of my game plan Mm -hmm. I took the paper I ripped it apart threw it in the trash can and I just went on the fly. I'm like, we'll just we'll just work around this little girl wow. and kind of what she needs and we'll figure out what's sticking and what's not. Mm-hmm. Ended up, I taught her some TikTok dances on, on the air. We sang some songs, some karaoke on the air. I'm not a good singer, but we did it anyways. <laughs> I was hosting it with a DJ who I also worked with at Purdue. And so he was kind of helping me out. You know, we were, we were having a blast with it. And sure enough, it was like, I think we went over the whole hour anyways. And they let us go for a little bit longer. And next thing I knew, they flipped the camera because I, I was on a live feed with them. So I was mm-hmm. able to see kind of off my laptop and they they flipped the camera and showed me her room and every single doctor nurse everybody on that whole floor probably some other people within the hospital as well lined they were lining the room they were lining her hallway it was the most incredible thing it brought me to tears oh my gosh um and they were just watching her have a blast they were able to clear her for that she was able to go home after that which was crazy and they said that her attitude and her kind of just mentality with them being there just completely flipped. Do you have a least favorite project or something that just was like, oh, this is not for me? I know we talked about sports a little bit. I worked for ESPN my freshman year and not my favorite experience. I I do. I enjoy sports. I grew up with brothers in a household that enjoyed sports. I did sports. The thing that I didn't like about that is there's not room for error, mm-hmm. which is fine. There's usually not on set. It comes down to time and money. But because of that, everybody feels a lot of pressure and pressure can sometimes make people not very nice yes and so a lot of that environment was just high wired high stress and a lot of lack of compassion and lack of kindness and you can be in high stress environments I've been in them I have Mm -hmm. friends who frequent high stress environments and they can still figure out a way to be kind or to say please and thank you or at the end of the day to like you know be nice to mm-hmm. people and my freshman year I didn't I mean none of us really knew a ton and we were learning and just to have people kind of yelling and we didn't even mess up that was the thing like they were, they were just like yelling she was screaming so I think that's when the live production world and that aspect kind of turned me away yeah we also have ESPN here at Belmont and I've done maybe a year or two with working with them but they're very more chill about things which is nice they can definitely put pressure on you but it's never yelling it's like 
okay, I need you to try this differently or try this next time. Or We're all going to make mistakes, but we got to get better every time. That's the thing they always say. But there wasn't really room for too much creativity. Definitely not. It's pretty cookie cutter. Like you do yeah. it this way. And, and they, I mean, there's some validity to that. There's a reason they do it that way. Yeah. It works the best that way. So let's talk a little bit about your company because that's huge for, you know, a young female video creator and just visual media talent like yourself. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. So I always knew I would own my own company. And in college, I kind of went with the aspect of more of the corporate business side of it of like, oh, I'm going to work with companies and I'm Mm going to kind of help with their marketing, help with their video, help with their website. And then kind of ran into a wall there of finding a little bit of unhappiness within that. And that will always trickle within my business. But I'm a little bit more picky and choosy with how I do that now and a lot more invested in growing myself as my company, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. that that for the longest time felt so selfish. And I think that's why I shied away from it. I've learned the hard way that that's what I need to lean into in order to kind of be happy and in order to make the most money and make the biggest impact Mm -hmm. and just kind of get to where I want to go. So I did a whole rebrand at the end of end of college and kind of as I was coming into Nashville and I'm actually now in the middle of another rebrand kind of hit the same brand is healthy yes it it kind of hit the same thing when I was the beginning of being in Nashville thought I knew where I wanted to go and then kind of had some things fall apart a little bit and kind of reverted back to my old ways of my comfort zone of oh I'm just gonna you know I know that corporate businesses will pay me to do this and I know that I can pay Mm -hmm. my rent and pay you know for my food bills and stuff doing this and then luckily I'm in a situation now I I got myself out of that situation kind of reevaluate after, you know, falling on my face a couple times and finding success within it too. It's kind of now or never and rebranding into just putting myself out there more. I've done a lot of really cool things, but I don't typically don't talk about them a lot. Again, it feels selfish to me. So trying to trying to push that envelope of kind of changing that narrative for me and kind of growing it that way. Can you talk about the different phases you went and also your brand name? So I go by Catherine Renee. That's my whole brand right now. It's my LLC. It's my trademark. There's a couple more in the works that I can't talk about quite yet. But when I do, yeah, when I do, maybe we can hop back on. (laughs) I would say everyone will tell you that adulting and adult life is hard Mm -hmm. and that is so valid. It really forced me to pay attention to taxes and to pay attention to the actual like legality of it and things that they don't necessarily teach you as much in college. It got to the point where I had to sit down and I said, okay, what is an LLC? Mm -hmm. What can I write off for my taxes? What do I need to be keeping track of? If I'm going to go with this, I don't want someone to come back and stomp on me somewhere. So I need to have this trademark and I need to have things under control in that way. Yeah. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's a year later and I'm still learning a lot about that. But yeah, that's kind of my most recent phase. I think I've rebanded three times now and hopefully this is the last one (laughs) for a while. But you kind of, I think, allowing yourself to evolve and grow as you evolve and grow and take on yeah, it's life so is yeah. not necessarily getting so stuck to this idea of like, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because that's just not, and we, we learned, especially during COVID, like that's just not always. I completely agree. The like, best way to spend your energy. Yeah. You definitely have like changing purposes throughout life. Absolutely. I feel like. And I feel like if you're not reflecting that in yourself, then what are you really working towards, you know? Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, kind of that defining moment of of kind of that college college defining moment, it definitely flipped the way that I approach things. It forced me to sit down and be went way more self-aware than I ever was. And yeah. that self-awareness has now helped me find my purpose. And I still think that that will continue to change, but I have a much better idea now than I did even a year ago. I was on a date a year ago, almost, almost a year ago today. And he said, what's your purpose? Oh, and I was like, 
whoa this is so first date. why are you asking me that but I he told me his and it was like it was pretty basic he just wanted to be a light and I was like that is precious oh and also like I mean same so wholesome yeah same so I don't want to steal his words but yeah. I kind of yeah I locked in with with kind of him and his group that that's kind of how I ended up in LA kind of with with that group out there and their whole purpose is helping other other people find their purpose which yeah. has really made me lock down because if I'm gonna hang out with these kids I gotta be able to just kind of stand my ground there too so yeah. it caused a lot of self-reflection and kind of what my purpose is can you describe just some typical projects yes so the best way to describe what I the kind of the phase that I'm in right now is visual media and marketing so it's photo it's video it's design it's marketing and it's creative consulting she does it all (laughs) kind of yeah it sounds really broad but I have honed in on that a lot there's certain kind of niches within each of those that I kind of do now which we could have a whole other podcast about it's too much (laughs) kind of to go into today if you want to know more about that kind of message me on Instagram at Catherine Renee and we can talk about it more or if you you think you might want to kind of do some work or tag team or want some advice DMs are always open there it's typically the best way to reach me but I have a niche within the music industry which is kind of what brought me to Nashville yeah I've found a lot of artists particularly independent artists try to do five people's jobs they try to write they try to sing they try to promote themselves they try to keep their mental health in check all sorts of stuff and it's mm-hmm. like at the end of the day that kind of takes a team like yeah you, nobody is capable there's a reason why offices have so many people hired because nobody's capable of doing it all yeah including myself so I kind of have found ways to help them help themselves almost so I'm able to kind of I can sit in a session with them and kind of give them ideas on hey this is where we want to go this is how you could structure it and kind of do it on social media to be effective and that kind of takes their thought out of the brain I work at the guy in New York for another angle consulting and he does mental health consulting with artists so same thing he will sit in a session and he will do the mental health consulting part of it with them. Mm. And I kind of hang out with them, kind of listen to the track of kind of where they're going and give them ideas and advice on how to get to where they want to go and how they can maybe kind of continue working, but also continue balancing kind of that work-life balance yeah. and how they can kind of bring their creativeness into it and find outlets and all sorts of stuff. One of my absolute all-time favorite things and something that I probably do the most is BTS, which is behind the scenes. I love, I'm big on storytelling. I get inspired by other people's stories. I think everybody has a story to tell. And I find a lot of entertainment, a lot of joy and a lot of talent honestly within doing this bts stuff so i can i walk on a lot of music video sets film sets tv sets anything and capture kind of what's going on so kind of, fun yeah i take a little bit of a different approach to it i like to kind of tell a story within it versus just you know getting a picture of the cinematographer working which i do that too but mm-hmm. i usually have a goal and kind of find the, the meat of that day within it and try to kind of get the essence of that yeah. on screen and figure out the best way to do that so that's kind of my favorite maybe my favorite thing to do too is behind the scenes work that's so fun yeah for your company is it just you or do you have other employees right now it is just me I would love to have employees I think the first person that I will hire on is an editor Mm -hmm. to do both some of my personal stuff my work doesn't always get put out there because I'm always working on other people's stuff so I don't always have time to post my own stuff which has honestly kind of become a problem it's kind of hurt me more and that's another reason for the rebranding that I'm doing Mm -hmm. right now so I think an editor will solve that problem as well as just editing is probably probably my weakest link so right now it's just me i'm looking to expand probably pretty soon it'll probably be on a contract basis at first yeah i mean i have my whole last four years has also been creating my team within my head so a lot of people don't know a lot of these people that i'm friends with don't really know where they fit in this piece of my puzzle to build solid foundations and trustworthy friends and a trustworthy team it takes a long time to kind Mm -hmm. of formulate that 
So that's also, yeah, kind of just what I've spent a lot of the, the last few years as well doing is just kind of s- scheming yeah. and figuring out different, the different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, it is exciting. How has being a woman in the industry looked like to you? Do you have anything to like speak against that? or I could speak for hours on this, <laughs> on this subject. Yes, yeah, so definitely every single set that I'm on, I'm always outnumbered by the men. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. But it's not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. There's some crazy stats. I took a women in film class in college, and it was the most fascinating class that I ever took in my whole entire life. Because as a woman and someone who's pretty easygoing and someone who grew up with brothers and the whole shebang, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to be problematic. I don't want to be the one that has to think about that. I don't want to be the one that has to speak out against that. But it is a real thing. The statistics show, and I've also experienced all sorts of mm-hmm. the sides of it. It's a real thing. So it's something that like I kind of came to terms of, hey, yeah, this is something that I'm going to have to face. So how about we care about it and be interested in it and try to learn a little bit more about it so that I can help either, you know, be a part of the solution or just help cultivate and lift up other women in entertainment. That kind of goes into some of the things that I'm kind of planning, but can't talk about quite yeah. yet. But yeah, I mean, you're going to get taken advantage of. You're going to get yourself in some potential sticky situations and you need to learn where your boundaries are and you need to be okay with if those boundaries are crossed remove yourself from that situation Mm -hmm. there will always be another job there will always be the next best thing yeah but if you're uncomfortable or if you are in a position where you're being taken advantage of or where you're being looked down upon because you're a woman that is not okay I would rather go work a nine to five or go work a job anywhere in a restaurant I would literally rather like go back to a farm and scoop poop (laughs) than to be walking on set every day and have someone squash me every single day oh yeah no that's very true it, was there any like particular instance you want to talk about or you don't have to, but there's a lot I probably could. And like, I, I haven't had anything that's been traumatic for me, but I think I'm also good at realizing mm-hmm. mm, this may not be the best thing for me. I've kind of navigated that in ways that kind of helped me out a little bit there. But at the end of the day too, don't be afraid to speak up for yourself. If you feel unsafe somewhere too, tell someone else on set that you do trust and be just be like, Hey, I don't want to make a big deal about this. Can you kind of keep an eye on me? Today? Yeah. Like, We don't have to speak another word about it, but this is what I'm dealing with. This is why I'm feeling this way. And that's that. I mean, sometimes it may not be taken and received well. So you kind of have to play your cards right there. But yeah, I mean, and just too like being a woman's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, period. That's all we can end the podcast there. (laughs) No, being a woman is awesome. I think girls are capable of so much. And I think that the narrative for women working has changed so much. And it is so cool. So get excited about it. Do what you want to do. Again, it goes back to no one's going to create the life for you. So hop in, buckle up, girlfriend, because you're on the ride of a lifetime (laughs) and do what you want to do. So this is the last question of the podcast. I think I'm going to make this like a regular little question because it's kind of fun. What's in your produce her starter pack? So take that as like (laughs) characteristics, equipment, like weird things you would bring on set, anything like that. Something fun. Yes. Oh, that is a great question. I love this. (laughs) This is maybe going to be my my new. I'm going to steal that question. I start asking people that. So first of all, I love clothes. And so I'd say anything black. You will always find me dressed in black typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, which works out well 
because when you're in the film industry, you're typically wearing black. Nice. <laughs> so that's always, that's kind of part of, part of the Catherine Renee starter pack, if you will, um, just black clothes. But that is important to me because your first impression, no matter where you go, is everything. Mm-hmm. Whether we like it or not, and I do it too, you judge people the second that you see them for whatever reason, whether it's good or bad. So I like to kind of come to set feeling and looking a little bit put together. I feel so much better walking in the room when I'm confident and when I'm in something that I enjoy and that I feel like shows my personality. I travel so much that I honestly, I try to be pretty light right now with like my physical stuff. I always have some sort of snack on me because I am not pleasant when I'm hangry. What's so, your go-to? What is your snack that you're going to bring? Oh yeah. I love bananas okay. and I love, lately I've been on a quest bar Okay. That's just started within the last week. You'll always find me with tea. I'm sipping on a tea now. (laughs) I literally, people make fun of me because I have tea in my purse pretty much all the time. My cell phone, obviously huge. My laptop, huge. I've kind of makeshift my laptop so that I have a hard drive that sticks on the back. Oh, wait, no way. I want to see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's, just it's like Vel- magnetic. Yeah, it's, just, Velcro. it's Velcro. Oh, wow. Which is like, I saw someone that's else do genius. it. So this is not my, not my own idea. I wish it was. It just makes like finding the most compact way that I can take all of my things that I know. It's almost like having your own little Google page for yourself. Yeah. Like it just, it's all there. You know, it's there. If you get in a bind, it's there. If someone needs something, it's there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's definitely huge. In terms of like char- characteristics and qualities, I always, always, always will show up with a good attitude. I could be having the worst day known to man and I will walk in that room with a smile on my face. That says a lot. Yes. And that is the number one compliment that I've gotten my entire life and the number one thing that I enjoy people saying to me. I like to walk through life with a little bit of joy in my life. I think it makes everyone else's lives more pleasant. If you show up to, to set with a bad attitude, what's that going to do? It's going to make your day worse. It's going to make everyone else's day worse. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to get hired again. Yeah. So a good attitude also is something just that's huge. And then also just know yourself. Don't don't be afraid to like kind of stand up for yourself and to stand your ground and stand with your morals. I've stuck pretty true to my morals for most of my life and mm-hmm. they've gotten me this far. So I'd say that's a, that's a win. And that's a success. And I bring those morals to set. A lot of people will be like, oh, well, that's not my job. So I'm not going to help you. And it's like, yes, you have to stay in your lane on set. You don't want to be crossing jobs a ton because that can come with some safety issues. And But if the cinematographer is out there sweating his booty off, and I have a free moment, like, and I go to grab myself a water, I can grab him a water. If he drinks it, great. If not, he can have it later. Yeah. Just small things small like that. Things. That's what I grew up on. That's the morals. My parents are two very, very, very kind people. And that has been instilled with me. So find what works for you and kind of find what you stand for and take that with you wherever you go. Is there any like starter pack equipment? Like, okay, I just graduated college because this is a personal question as well. Oh, like, absolutely. what do you like recommend camera wise, tripod wise, any yes. and all of that? Yes. So if you're in film, you probably need a camera. Yeah. I do have friends who are in the film industry who do not have a camera, but they do more of like the production side. If you're on the production side, you don't need a camera. Yeah. My advice there is don't spend the money that you don't need to spend. I definitely in college, I was like, oh, I'm going to invest in all this equipment and I'm going to use it for the next 10 years. And now I travel so much and I do. I've changed trajectories enough that I'm like, man, half of this sits under my bed collecting dust. (laughs) So small is fine. And I would say that's also a different narrative in Nashville than it is in L.A. Mm -hmm. L.A., you typically have the people who have the RE cameras, the RED cameras, this nice equipment. And in Nashville, I see a lot more run and gun type yeah. of stuff. The first music video, the when I came down here, I was shocked because this kid was shooting with a one-handed gimbal stabilizer, his camera, and one microphone. 
we didn't have lights. We didn't have, you know, a boom mic. We didn't have anything. And I was like, whoa. And yeah. his results were just as good. I mean, he could compete in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I guess my advice there is definitely like don't invest in stuff that you don't necessarily need until you know that you're going to need it. And then when you do need it, invest in it. I shoot on a Sony a7 III. I love it. I have a 50 millimeter lens that I typically run everywhere with. I have a couple others, but that's kind of my go-to and what's typically on my camera. Mm-hmm. I just invested in a new little toy, a Fujifilm camera. And it kind of emulates film, even though it's digital. And that has actually gotten me a lot of jobs. It sets me apart from other people. So I'd say if you're going to invest in some kind of equipment, get the basics covered, obviously, first of things that you know you're going to need. And then maybe find one or two things that kind of bring you joy, but also help set you apart in whatever that way that might be. Also find things that work with your lifestyle. For me, it was investing in a good laptop and a quick hard drive. Mm-hmm. And that was a good way for me to be able to travel and get my work done on planes and in cars and stuff very easily. I used to have an at-home setup, a whole huge editing suite. I held, had the two iMac monitors. I had the whole shebang. And you know how much I use those? now like never I don't want to know yeah not very often not very often and if I was home more I would love to use them but that's just not the reality of my life right now so find what works for you well Catherine thank you so much for joining us today I know I've learned a ton and I can only imagine the same for our listeners I can't wait to see what is next for you but thank you so much for listening to the Produce Her podcast. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, make sure to subscribe to Produce Her podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast at. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at Produce Her Podcast. Join us every month as we feature another talented female video creator. And thanks again for listening.